0: Hello and welcome to the Scenario 7 podcast. Today you're joined by me, Josh Bacon, and this time, instead of Sam hosting, it will be me. And I'm joined by, of course, Joe Roberts. Joe,
1: how are you? I'm doing good, Josh. Um, well, I'm, I'm very happy you're hosting rather than Sam.
0: I'm glad someone is. I'm little nervous, but I'm sure we'll get through it. Um, so obviously this week it is the French Grand Prix, uh, and we're going to preview that this week. Uh, we're going to start off with some f1 news from this week and uh one big thing that i've seen is that mercedes have become the first global sports team to invest in sustainable aviation fuel as part of their commitment to reach net zero by 2030. this will help mercedes achieve a near 50 percent reduction in the team's air travel footprint for their race personnel as well as this Honda have not closed the door on their F1 return as they watch the 2026 engine discussions. Ever since Honda left Formula One, power units that are manufactured by the Japanese company have won seven out of the 11 Grand Prix this season. And also, a more funnier one, George Russell has recently discovered the latest Twitter trend about him. The idea about the Twitter trend is to start a tweet with George Russell is the type of guy, dot, 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 before describing something they think the intended driver would do. A few examples of these are George Russell is the type of guy to ask the waiter what's the damage before they had him in a check. And of course, being George, he responded and said, how am I the kind of guy who has only just discovered this trend? He also went on to discover loads more tweets about him and reply to loads of them. So if you want to check it out, just search his name on Twitter. Joe, what do you think about the latest news?
1: Um, yeah, we'll, we'll break it down um it's, it's a lot better than guessing the news um i think go to go, go into the net zero and mercedes i think is a a good thing i think we can both all agree that it's a major issue at the moment obviously in the uk it's i think it's like 41 degrees which is kind of ridiculous here so yeah um, yeah i think it's good that a big company uh, in mercedes is taking action on it and even though it's their race um, F one like the F one branch. Hopefully, it can help um, the road cars, and then obviously lead into production for for us to to use in in our um, yeah fossil fuel cars. So I, I think in that way, I think it's a very positive, and it's good that they've committed um, to their targets. and And would like to see like Honda and Renault. Alpine and and obviously Ferrari follow that trend in order to, to meet that net zero target because this week has obviously been a very, very hot week in the UK. Um thing it, was it then the Honda? I, I, I think it'd be an interesting, interesting one if Honda come back in. It'd be kind of a bit like, well, i, I we thought we were, were rubbish and now suddenly we're winning a potential another world title. So yeah, I think it's a bit, it's exciting, but a bit like, well, you should have been there for the ride and put your money where your mouth is sort of thing. And so actually support Red Bull. And then go on to the George Russell. Trend. I haven't seen this. So I'm going to be looking forward to um, seeing this on Twitter after after the, uh, this um, recording. But yeah, it's, it's one thing I like about the, the young Uh, generation is that they're they're interacting with fans and they're actually kind of more caring about it it's more an f1 experience for for the fans and i also think that um it's yeah it's it's a nice change to the like 2010 when it's just more serious so it's very very good to see
0: yeah i agree these drivers are definitely more active on social media which can be both a good and a bad thing but um Obviously, for this week, it's definitely brought a, a lot of sides to F1 to the world. Uh, moving on, we're going to talk about the actual track itself. So the French Grand Prix is held at the Paul Ricard circuit. It has hosted the FIA Formula One GP since 2018, having previously hosted it intermittently from 1971 to 1983, and every year from 1985 to 1990. So it had a break, and it's uh, luckily come back. The circuit itself is 5.8 kilometers long with 14 corners. It has two DRS zones, the first being on the home straight, the second being on the long back straight before the chicane at turn eight. Joe, what do you think of the track?
1: Um, personally, I don't really like this track. Is in it's just every time I've watched it since obviously last year it was actually a bit more exciting because that I, I think it was a couple of laps, and then obviously Max overtook Lewis Hamilton. But I think for me, it's quite boring. Um, there's also rumours of this circuit getting off the calendar, which if it's between Spa and the French Grand Prix, I'd rather choose Spa because it's more exciting, even though um, there's slight danger in the wet. It's just part of F1. Um, but I think the French Grand Prix, just it's, it's too spread out, and I think the barriers are too close together. If it was the barriers closer together, a more uh, compact circuit, actually, like, being, like, more... If it was a street circuit, for example, I think it'd be a very good circuit because it's got all the corners and all the straights. that You need to be a good, a good race circuit. But the fact is, there's no danger to it. You only need an engine blowout to actually cause um, a safety car or spinning in turn one like Sonoda doing, I think, was qualifying. So, I think in that sense, I'm not really a fan of it, and I hope it's off the Canada very quickly.
0: That's a strong, strong point of view there. I have to agree with the fact that I'm not the biggest fan of the track. Like you said, there's so much runoff that if drivers fully push and trying to make, trying to find the limit, there's no punishment for their mistakes like there would be in other tracks where you said there's a wall right by the edge of the circuit or just some gravel. It is literally just full. Full tarmac. Yes, some of the tarmac is more harmful to the tyres than others, um, but they're still not as big of an effect as it would be if it was a wall or gravel. So yeah, I, I do agree with your point. It's also I don't think there's many overtaking places around the circuit, which doesn't actually help help our, our case either. So I can see I can see it being taken off of, of the calendar next year, but um, who, who knows? We, we never know. We're not actually in charge of One ourselves. Uh, but like you mentioned, last year's race, um, I'm going to go on to describe what happened last year and then we'll go uh, ask you for your memory from last year's race. Um, but Red Bull, they took their third consecutive win of the season, at uh, what you say, cracking French Grand Prix, courtesy of Max Verstappen. He passed Lewis Hamilton with two laps to go to claim his 13th victory of his career. Hamilton then finished second as the other Red Bull driver, Sergio Perez, completed the podium. The race was a mirror of the 2021 Spanish GP when Mercedes out Red Bull to claim victory. This time around in France, Verstappen top stopped twice to Hamilton's one stop, the Dutchman then using his fresher tyres to close up to Mercedes and eventually pass him on lap 52 out of 53. Verstappen made it the perfect weekend after securing pole and the win, he also then secured the fastest lap of the race, four points. Behind the front three was a disgruntled Valtteri Bottas who complained to his Mercedes team at that time that he was ignored when advising them to switch to a two-stop. And behind the leading four was a superb day for McLaren, which saw Lando finish fifth ahead of his teammate Daniel Ricciardo in sixth. Alpha AlphaTauri's Pierre Gasly demonstrated strong pace to take his best-ever finish in a home GP of P7, who finished ahead of the Alpine of Fernando Alonso in P8. Finishing up the top ten, <coughs> excuse me, was Sebastian Vettel in P9, ahead of his teammate, Lance Stroll in P10. The rest of the order was as follows. Science P11, Russell P12, Sonoda P13, Ocon P14, Giovinazzi 15th, Leclerc 16th, <coughs> excuse me, Clerk 16th, Rykinen 17th, Latifi 18th, oh, someone's stuck in my throat. <coughs> Ooh, it's going well, Joe. That was fine. Latifi <laughs> eighteenth, Schumacher nineteenth, and Mazepin twentieth. Joe, what's your memory from last year's race?
1: Yeah, so I'll, I'll give your voice a <laughs> race. <rest. laughs> <laughs> dying mate. here. Drink some water. Um, yeah. As in, I think my memory from this race is um, going, going. I was actually going back to your point about the Spanish Grand Prix. I think it's as I flip Brown. I think. For me, going back to the races, that it showed that Red Bull can strategize very well. So I would, I would say it's um, Perez letting uh, Max through because I ultimately decided that he was the cat actually catch Hamilton. So I would say that, but also the fact is that um, it felt like Red Bull, in terms of a strategy point, were on were on a, not on different level, but the just a cut above in that time of the year on strategy as well as, I I can't remember that point. I think it was, was it after the Silverstone? I think it was.
0: Uh, Yeah, I think it was after Silverstone.
1: Yeah, so it's basically getting our own back on, obviously the collision that happened there. So I think that'll be my memory. The fact is that Red Bull hit back uh, (laughs) um, at uh, Lewis, Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes. Nice.
0: Well, hopefully my voice stays this time. Uh, moving on towards the end of the podcast, uh, obviously we, produ- we do predictions every week, and we have a points table of how many uh, points and how well we're doing with our predictions. So I'm going to change up slightly to what Sam does, as he usually just tells you the averages. I'm going to tell you everything we have on everyone so far, because we are just over halfway through the season, so we'll see how everyone's doing. And we'll see Matt is still top, and uh, he actually has 19 points in total. With an average of 3.2 because he's only he's only done it six times and in second place is sam with 29 points so 10 more than matt himself but he has a lower average of 2.6 because he's he's attempted it five more times which is a total of 11 more than matt and i'm in third somehow i think i smashed it during britain so i've actually got quite a few points uh, i've only got five points but I've got an average of 2.5, with I've only done it twice. I've only done attempts twice. You, Joe, yourself, you're in fourth. You have 11 points with an average of 1.8, and you have also attempted it six times with Matt. <clears throat> and then last is Rob, who only has one point, and he's also attempted it two times, so he has an average of 0.5. So moving on to our predictions for this week, what we have is first accident and the lap, first safety car slash red flag and the lap, first pit stop and the lap, first blue flag and the lap, most overtakes and how many, and the top three, so the podium. Joe, what are your predictions?
1: Um, Well, I didn't realise I was fourth, so I might actually change some of my predictions to a more actually realistic way. Um so uh first action, I think it's obviously is go there. Um I am going to pick um yeah I'm I'm gonna pick Sonoda for this one. Um I'm gonna pick lap six for that incident is a still a bit of a hothead, head yeah. and I think he will do some damage. I also think it might be a random it might be a very um random one It might just be like Leclerc or or Max or something like that. Um then first safety car I picked Lance Stroll. Again it's just additional hot streak. You can just hit somebody out um out of nowhere quite quickly. Um uh, <laughs> I think that's gotta be happen. I'm gonna go for lap one. I it's gonna be a lap one incident. And then safety, uh, well, sorry, pit stop. I have gone for Russell, uh, just generally, just because I think that Mercedes will try something clever. I haven't put a, a lap in my prediction for some reason. So I will go off the cuff of it. I will go lap 20. Okay.
0: I'll just let you know, there are 53
1: laps. So um,
0: if you want to change it, change it. But there's 53 laps in the
1: race. I oh, no, I'm going to go for 20. Because of the hards and the mediums, I, or maybe a two-stop. I think Mercedes will try something different. Blue flag, I think it will be 28. So probably middle of the race. And uh, overtakes, I picked Alonso. How
0: many overtakes for Alonso?
1: Uh,
0: six. Six. Lovely. So we've got a similar theme for our accidents and safety cars, but uh, I've just swapped them around. So my accident is Stroll on lap one, and my safety car is Sonoda on lap one. Uh, I've changed two different drivers to keep my bases op- my options open, and I've also chose lap one because, like you said, those first few corners in the race are quite tight and can be quite dodgy with that many cars trying to go into them. So I can see a uh, a first lap safety car or incident taking place. Uh, first pit stop to also cover bases in case there isn't an incident on lap one. I've chose Daniel Ricciardo to pit on lap 15. My knowledge there has come from last year's race because most people started pitting around that sort of time last year. Uh, first blue flag, similar lap again. You said 28, but I've gone 29. And of course, we've both gone with the TV because we all know he's the slowest driver on the grid. Uh, and most overtakes, I've gone with Valtteri Bottas and I think he'll get five. I may have slightly changed that, that number, but I'm going to stick with five. Uh, so that wraps up our podcast this week. Thank you very much for listening.
1: Top wait, we need top
0: three, remember? Oh, top three. God, Joe, if you weren't here, mate, we wouldn't have finished the podcast.
1: Yeah, and then Sam would be annoyed us. Sam would have been fuming.
0: He's going to use that in the edit now, We listen to him. Well, like you said, top three, where are
1: you going? Um, well, I, I, I've, well, P1 is probably a bit of a fanfare. I've gone with Leclerc again. Oh, okay. Just because of fantasy, have to keep it going. Um. Then P2, uh, Max. Just just generally just because it's at the moment it's in that order in terms of who's I don't think Perez and Signs are at that type of pace, even though they've done well at previous races. Um I picked Lewis Hamilton for P3. And the re the thing is, I I, I it's either gonna be I completely just got this wrong, and then Mercedes are going backwards, but I've got a, a real um, feeling that Mercedes will push the Ferraris and Red Bull and may- potentially win it. Um, so it could be Lewis P3 or Russell P3, but I den- generally think the big updates that Mercedes have got on their car that they can um, push um, the Red Bulls and Ferrari. It's probably going to go back of my words. It's probably going to be clipped by, uh, by Sam. Yeah, But I-, oh, yeah. I generally think Mercedes will, will do well in, in France. And also, there's not many bouncing. Um, it's quite flat. so
0: That was exactly going
1: to be my reasoning. I have
0: gone very similar with you again, with uh, the same three teams in the top three. And like you said, um, France is very flat, not very bumpy, it's quite smooth, and it's a lot of medium to high-speed corners, which is what Mercedes have been doing well at recently. Um, and obviously, like you said, they're bringing upgrades, so I think they'll be in the fight for the win. But my podium is slightly different to yours. I've gone with Leclerc in P3, Hamilton to come P2. And I've got Verstappen to continue his dominance from last year and to compete for the win and win this year. I just think the red ball around this track it just seems a bit too, maybe not dominant, but it just seems a little bit faster than the other cars. My my words might be a bit in here because the new the new changes in the new car, but I still think the Red Bull will dominate this weekend like it did last week or last year. Sorry, um, and I think Verstappen will get back to that victories around France. Uh, but you know we we, pro- we could be completely wrong. We usually are, um. So who knows what's going to happen this week? Um, but hopefully everyone enjoys the race. Um, well. Let's hope there's overtakes, because there isn't usually that many overtakes around around France, but um, I'm sure it'll be a good one. And this time, that does wrap up the podcast. I apologise for almost forgetting our top three, but luckily Joe is here, and that's why there's two of us. uh, So uh, we do get through everything. But yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching, Joe. Thank you for your time and your lovely opinions as always. Um, Please don't forget to subscribe, comment, turn notifications on, Follow us on all of our social medias. We soon will be posting more content. I know we probably sell it every week, but we now have someone dedicated to working on our social media. So hopefully some new and exciting stuff will come out soon. So keep posted, keep aware and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks guys.